Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is our preview picks and bold predictions episode for the 2021 PGA Championship at Kiowa Island. I am your host, Adam Bapti, and as always, I'm joined by my brothers, Craig. Hey, how's it going, guys? I've had to revise my predictions. At first, I felt like they weren't quite bold enough, so, you know, really got bold. Good. I, I want them to be bold. And we're joined by Kevin as, as, as always as well. Kevin, what's going on? Not too much. I'm, uh, I'm excited to have the winning slate here this week. It's been a little while, but I'm feeling good about this. A lot of confidence. So we are recording this on Thursday night, May 13th, a week before the PGA Championship. So this is going to be just like our Masters uh, picks and preview show. This is going to be our pencil picks for the PGA. So, you know, if things change through the AT&T Byron Nelson, if... Hey, Spieth went out there on Thursday and was pretty hot. If one of you guys want to change to Spieth after he wins on Sunday, totally understandable. These are our pencil picks. Our final picks will be up on our Twitter at Grandstand Golf, so make sure to follow us there. We'll also be answering pressing questions for the PGA Championship and, as Craig said, making those bold predictions. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't actually use Jordan Spieth as a one-and-done because uh, I used him that other week where he won, so I'm feeling pretty okay about that. Wow, yeah. humble break. And the <laughs> one-and-done leader gets his shot in early. <laughs> okay, let's just jump right into it. Pick to win. Craig, you're the leader right now. Why don't you start us off? What's your pick to win? We're talking 2021 PGA Championship pick to win. So are we going pick to win, one-and-done, lumping it all together here? If they're the same, let's hear it. Okay, so for me, it is the same. Okay. I am... Um, you know, probably doing as you guys would predict I would do. I'm going Rory McIlroy. I've been holding off on it. I saw the form I wanted to see. We're going to a place he's won before. Uh, I mean, whatever narrative you need. Uh, he just won three qu- times at Quail Hollow. First time he's ever done that. He's got two PGA championships, so he's going to get his back-to-back triple. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of things to like about Rory McIlroy this week. I like all of them. I'm pushing the stack in on Rory. I mean, yeah, it's kind of the obvious pick. It's, it's no funny surprise. You, <laughs> you won with Jordan Spieth the week before the Masters. Rory also won the week before this, or I guess his event before. So do you feel like he used up all his good mojo, or are you not worried about that? I'm honestly, and like the numbers don't really bear out. If you look at if you look at his stats, you look at his strokes gain, all the things. It, it's not a it's a it's a gut play. It's a uh, you know last time we saw Rory in a little bit of a slump. It wasn't even as bad as the slump he's just come out of now. But last time he came out of a slump, he went on an absolute tear. So yep. I, I just he's working with a new swing coach, Pete Cowan. There's all kinds of things that he's talked about he's doing with Pete Cowan. I, I think his game is going to turn around, and I think, he, I think it has turned around, and I think we're going to potentially see a little, a little stint of dominant Rory Gall for a while. So, you know, it's a course that should favor long hitters. I think he's the best long hitter in the game. So, yeah. I, yeah, I like it. So just so the viewers know, I already used Rory back in the November Masters. He got me a T5. I was pretty happy with that, about 400000 Kevin still has not. Is that right? Still have him in my pocket. Still yeah, I'm curious, I'm curious pocket. to know where Kevin's going because it, it, uh, yeah, it could make my, my bold Rory play as the 10 to 1 favorite here uh, a little less bold. <laughs> so am I number two in the one and done? Should I go next year? Um, I think you are, yeah. You are right now, <laughs> but we'll see what happens this week. <laughs> yeah, let's see what happens this week. Zalatoris is not looking good for me right now. Uh, so I could get a bit bumped off, but okay. My pick to win is also the same as my one and done. I am going Dustin Johnson. Oh, yeah. Finally using the world number one. He's still world number one. I know he's in a little bit of a slump. Uh, He did play this tournament in 2012. He finished plus five uh, in T48, but he had more birdies than the second place finisher, David Lynn. So, he got his scoring opportunities. He just made a ton of bogeys, lots of doubles, some triples. He got a lot of big numbers in there. Finished T48. So now, I, li- I like that. Are you worried at all about his... Didn't he withdraw recently? He withdrew this week, yeah. I, and that's why it's pencil and paper. If you know, if he happens to run into some stairs and falls down stairs, like I know he has before, I'm going to probably... With, I'm probably going to pull that and get someone else, but... Yeah, he's a little bit in a slump. He has his last six events. He has no top tens. He missed the cut at the Masters. He withdrew this past week, but I like it. So the other thing is uh, I'm drawing a comparison to Bear Club in Jupiter, Florida. Rory's a member. 
Keegan Bradley's a member. Dustin Johnson's a member. It's also it's played on past Palum grass, which Kiowa, so I was going to say, why are you drawing the the comparison? So it's it's played on past Palum grass, which not a lot of these tournaments around uh, the PGA Tour European Tour are. It's a coastal grass. It's a straight up grass. I'll talk. I, I'm going to talk a little about it a little bit further, but it's the exact same grass that we don't see a lot, and that's his home course. It's the same home course as Rory, Shane Lowry, Keegan Bradley. Rory and Keegan were, I mean, one and T3 here last time it was played. So I think having a little bit of extra practice on that pass Palum could do well, could do favors for uh, Dustin Johnson. Plus South Carolina, there's a narrative there. Um, yeah, I do, I, I do like the South Carolina narrative. Um, I, do, I, I do have to say, though, it sounds like a lot of the reasons here you're saying that you like Dustin Johnson is basically because he's kind of like Rory McIlroy, like... <laughs> like, well, he had bit. he had the more birdies than the guy that came second how many birdies did rory have though um no, yeah. won, the, the year that he won by eight um no i i i do think it's a it's a bold stance i also have i think kevin's used dj in the one and done but i have dj in my pocket still and i have been monitoring the form waiting waiting for the chance to pull the trigger so as someone who has been following it i, I do think it's a bold one the, the other thing, too, is with these elite, elite golfers, I think we know that they're never that far off. We saw it with DJ with his 80, and then he came on a tear. We saw it with Rory's in a slump. I mean, and then he wins. These guys are never that far off. I don't think DJ's that far off. He's had a couple negative rounds, a couple really pe- uh, poor rounds, really. Um, but he's still fine, and he can pop at any time. And last time, he did turn it around in a hurry. But it's, it's a risky one. It's a bold one. All right. It is risky. Um, I feel a little bit like you, you have a, a square narrative there that you're trying to hammer through a round hole, but uh, <laughs> you know, that it may just work for you. I, I do like your last point. I don't think these guys are ever far off. With their, when they're in their slumps, these, these elite, elite players, it, they're, they're one tournament away from yeah. you know, it being a slump buster. So. so as Craig mentioned, I have already used up Dustin. I have not used Rory, and I will this week. Rory is my pick to win, and my one and done pick. Um, I'm feeling you. You gotta love the course history. I think that without the win at Wells Fargo, um, maybe he wouldn't be my pick. But I think that's a huge confidence boost for him, even to just trust his swing changes. That well, you know, tweaks whatever he's doing um, with his new instructor. He. He definitely, once he gets going, is a guy that is super streaky and can be just like tear the tear the tour up for a few yeah. months. So I'm hoping that Craig and I are catching him early here. I I also intend to win the one and done this week with Scotty Scheffler. So I <laughs> okay. I intend I'm glad to we have know your close the gap on Craig going into next week, <laughs> gotcha, and so gotcha. that will make it kind of a match. That's a smart move, actually. It's a smart, yeah. it's a good strategy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Rory. I'm. I'm. I think. So that, I guess uh, you know we're both on Rory. I I seriously considered someone else. How close were you to? Because I it was mainly one of the reasons I was considering someone else was because I thought it was fairly likely that you would go with Rory, and I was like, ah, do I want to? You know, do I want to kind of have him cover my Rory take? Yeah, I was. It was hard to get off of Rory after the win. It was hard to get off of him. Um, I did consider some other players, but I feel like even if Rory doesn't win, which I'm obviously picking him to win, but with the one and done play, I feel like he's a strong bet to have a, you know, a top ten here. So do you want to give me who, who is your who is your runner up consideration or no? No, I'm not. I'll, get, I'll give you mine right now. So I I seriously considered Xander. I I, I think that it is a course that really Xander, yeah. I think you know Xander. He was in really hot form and he has mm. cooled off a bit. I, I I don't think he's far off either. Um, I just you know you need to be long. You need he's got all the tools. Uh, I really like Xander all the time, and I just felt like <laughs> I just felt like it was it was a good potential chance to pull the trigger on Xander when I thought no one else would. There, there's a few guys that kind of piqued my interest, um, but for these majors, I really think you know with our one and done, you you almost have to go with 
a top top tier guy dog. that well yeah and the other thing I, I don't have rom left that i definitely yeah. would have so thought about th- him as well that's the only other thing i almost came in here with a rom to win and a dustin johnson one and done but i'm like that's silly like they're so close mm-hmm. anyways why don't i just make dj both but rom and dj to me are very very close rory is up there i guess too <laughs> yeah <laughs> One um, well, I mean, the thing is, it, it, I think it's fairly easy to make the narrative that Rory, you know, we saw a single week from him after, you know, uh, yeah, of course there is eight on a course that of, he loves of middle. No, I mean, you, it's easy to make the other narrative that uh, it, it was just a single week. Oh, you're yeah. saying at Quail Hollow as yeah. a course that he loves. Yeah, yeah I got you. Um, that it's not necessarily indi- indicating that his form is back. It's just he went to one of the places he's had more success than anyone, and he had a decent week. And his putter was super hot. There's there's people who don't need to have everything clicking to win, and Rory is one of those people. Right. So, uh, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but one of the things that, because we'll talk about the course in more detail, but I think that this course is absolutely going to demand ball striking perfection or as close to it as these guys can come you're not going to get away with anything out there um so these elite guys they all they have the entire package but some of the guys that kind of piqued my interest are guys that are known for their ball striking that i think are going to do well here it's just when you drop down kind of a tier below those top three top five guys it's a little bit more of a question mark. Are they going to be able to show up that week? Are they, you know, is everything going to click for them? Everything else going to click for them? So it just feels, you know, maybe this is, doesn't go with the bull prediction thing, but it feels a little safer to stick with some of those guys that, you know, even if yeah. they're a little off, they're still elite. But that was also the, my other consideration for potentially leaving, like holding on to Rory was that like, okay, so if he is not necessarily back, I think that with four months in front of us still, uh, I think that there's a decent chance that he'll be back at one of these other majors yeah. we have, you know. So that I was agree. my other consideration. But yeah, it's interesting that Kevin Kevin still has Bryson in his pocket, I believe, uh, looking quickly through the list. And we're playing the longest course on major championship history. So Interesting. It's true. Interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Should we move on to some sleepers? Let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. Uh, who's okay. going first this time? Guys... 50 to 1 or greater odds to win. That's kind of our criteria 50. for a sleeper. Oh, well. I know. I'm not even touching <laughs> that. I'm not even getting close to that. Uh, I mean, let's. I think we know someone who is. So, Craig, why don't you kick us off here? Uh, yeah, I think I've got with the shortest sleeper. odds guy. <laughs> shortest odds guy here. I'm going with Joaquin Neiman. I think that, I mean, the guy's a stud, first off. Everyone knows that. I, I, I think you guys might rip on me a bit because you think he's not long enough of a, you know, as long, as far enough away from being a stud to be a sleeper. But um, his, his ball striking is elite. Uh, he gains over a stroke uh, on approach, uh, you know, combined approach and off the tee. Uh, he's long, which this course obviously is going to demand. He hits it right to left which I, I've heard that's a good thing here. I think that uh, Neiman's a classic good wind player, which I think we might get into. That might be another important thing here. So uh, the thing that ultimately, you know, as someone who has the chance in a major championship field with all of the best players in the world, he his, his ball striking is good enough. He's streaky enough with his putting around the green game that he could he could win. He could, you know, there's realistic paths to him winning or top fiving. Um, whereas, you know, some other people that may be around the same place, they're a little steadier. Uh, they might have better chances of not blowing up, but Neiman has that streakiness that could, could give him a chance to win. Yeah. So my question, I, I agree. I love Neiman. I'm a, I'm a fan of Neiman. Um, he's really young. That's my thing here. And I think uh, we kind of talked about it some previous shows for the PGA. I think you got to be a little bit, uh, battle tested has some scars some scar tissue a little bit do you and his major uh, results are kind of interesting do you know that his best result off the top of your head off the top of my head it's a tie for 70 oh no tie for 23rd at the u.s <laughs> well, off the top of my head when i have his wiki page open it seems like you're on the same wikipedia page that, that i am uh, but he's got five missed cuts three made cuts his best result is a t23 at the 2020 u.s open so i think he needs to get a little bit major experience but i mean I, he's I really, also 22 years old totally. he's been playing in majors since he was 17 18 yeah. Like, yeah he's been playing them for a while uh his best it was u.s open in the fall 
His next best was the Masters just now. His best players was this year. His best world golf championships were all yeah, this year. Sure. So, like, uh, it's hard to look too far back. But I, I definitely agree. He has not. He does not have the major history to to think that he's going to go out there and, and necessarily get it done. Yeah. All right, Kevin. Who's your sleeper? Well, I mean, I'm I'm ready for the uh, I'm ready for anything you have to say about this pick, and I expect to hear some stuff. <laughs> But it's my it's my guy Max Homa. Oh, Max Homa is sitting at eighty to one. He's one, a great ball striker, which, as I was saying before, I think you need that here. He's long off the tee, long enough. Uh, he's been playing very solid golf this year. He plays good on hard courses. Um, he's he's been trying to take his game to the next level lately with an emphasis on playing well in the in the big tournaments and in the majors. He hasn't had a lot of success in majors yet, but he hasn't played in a ton of them. And to cap it all off, he's got bones on the bag next week. That's true. Yep. That's true. That, that's, the, that's the extra little... You need a you narrative. Know, that's the narrative. The extra little tidbit there. Um, I Again, a win might be a bit of a rumor, stretch. Rumor has it Phil never won any majors at, except when he had bones on the bag so rumor has it rumor has it so yeah like where was it phil was it bones i mean (laughs) who's who's to say who's to say (laughs) um so again a win would be obviously i would be stoked as a max homo fan that that would be amazing but i do see a strong finish as somebody who's who's priced at 80 to 1 i think that you you know we were talking before we came on about you know price ranges and when you get up to 80 to 1 you're see i I was looking for real sleepers craig you know (laughs) um and it's hard to see a guy that you necessarily think is going to be able to take it down but i i think of those guys max homa has as good a chance as anyone he's you you think there's legit win equity there yeah yeah he does and i think i i see him having a strong tournament so max homa's my guy yeah does the wells fargo concern you at all uh, you know what? I think there's a lot of distractions that week being the defending champ. Um, I think he got off to a brutal start there in his first six holes. And he didn't play terrible after that um, on a hard golf course. So yeah. obviously it's not like what you like to see, but it doesn't really concern me too much. Yeah, Wait, it so looks you, like he's still... Sorry, go ahead. Adam. You guys both picked Max Homa in your one and done last week, right? Yeah. Yes. And then this week, you're both playing Rory at the course that he... This is not shaping up well for you guys. I feel like there's a jinx going on here, defending at the course. Maybe that's not a nerd. I don't know. I thought about that, Adam. I definitely thought about that. It crossed my mind. I did not think about that. I've been picking some defending champions, and it hasn't worked out well for me in the one and done. But this isn't really a defending champion situation. It is course, but I have reason to believe that the course history might not be as big of a an influence as we think it is it's nice to be yeah. familiar with the course but i to me it's more course fit and the length i think is is the thing that really leans me towards rory but okay. just real quick on on max homa um i think one of the things that so first off last week at the wells fargo he lost everywhere except approach so his approach he has been very good for months now that's uh, you know on this hot streak that he's been on uh, that has been one of the pillars uh, the thing that i like though about him as a sleeper pick is that he is one of these guys that he can gain in all facets so he's not you know there's a lot of guys that say they're the more the keegan bradley model where you know they're very good tee to green and then they need to have that once in a and once yeah. every six months putting week uh homa can gain in all the places and so I, I think it makes it much more he just needs to kind of have his full his full skill set on display yeah. and, um, and for him to win he does need to have a, a mm-hmm. like like anybody but anyone really, does. Yeah. anyone yeah, needs to have a good putting week to win on the pga tour but you say don't, more you like, don't have a, a average to bad putting week and win yeah no. but there's some people you're like okay they've got the driver they've got the putter you could be like, okay, it's a long course, but it's hard to see in a major championship. You kind of need to be one of these people who can bring all the tools to the to the course. Yeah, I agree. The only tangent I was going to go on, and I think I'll leave it alone, but I'll say I'll say it and then I'll leave it <laughs> because you're talking about defending and the pressure of that. Uh, Colin Morikawa is defending. 
But do you think there's going to be any player out there that has more media attention around him than Rory McIlroy? Yes. Jordan Spieth? No, another guy. I'll get to him in a minute. All right. My sleeper. Now we're talking real sleepers, guys. Let's talk about some real sleepers. My sleepers. I don't (laughs) think this is going to surprise anybody. Maybe. Thomas Peters. Oh, I like it. I like it. They're laying 150 to one on Thomas Peters. It is straight robbery. I actually got this number back in January, but there's no reason to differ from it now. I'm sticking with Thomas Well, it's the same now, so. (laughs) It's the same now, and I'm just more confident. I'm just more confident. The books have also felt no reason to change it. (laughs) (laughs) The books are staying put. Uh, he is coming in, so he's playing in the Byron Nelson. So that's one asterisk. We don't know exactly what's gonna how it's gonna play out. Uh, he is coming off four straight top 15s: Saudi, Puerto Rico, Qatar, Mayakoba. Like really weird. He's got two European tour starts, two PGA, but they're kind of off. Like it's weird. But then I started piece it together. Is he just playing this really long game of getting? Built up for Kiowa Ocean Course. He's playing these coastal courses with past Palom, and he's getting used to this. He's playing the long game to finally get his major championship win. It's brilliant. I, I if he is doing that, I that is a, a next level move. I think he's just trying to qualify for the Ryder Cup team personally. But <laughs> there might be that as well. But you know, a that, couple. And- not only would that be a next level move, that would be some next level analysis by you there, Adam. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. If that's this game, props you for seeing that. I am sorry for everybody listening how often I'm going to say past Palom this episode, but it's coming up a lot. <laughs> I'm just warning you, we're not even halfway through. Um, okay, the other thing. This year, so he broke a finger late December of last year. This year, miraculously, maybe he had to get off the range a little bit. He's positive strokes in putting this year. He hasn't done that in a long time, and he's positive in nine of his last 12 rounds. Again, this won't include Byron Nelson, which we don't know exactly what's going to happen there, but very positive. And then five majors. His last five majors, he has three top 25s, including a T6 at the 2018 PGA. So he can compete with the best of them when his whole game is clicking. He's the Belgian bomber. Mm -hmm. We know he can push it out. He's been practicing on his past palum. His putting is kind of getting there a little bit, but he is like Craig said, he's one of these guys. He's a TD green guy and he needs out, you know, once in every six months putting performance, but things are looking really good for Peters. I I really like it. Yeah, I I do too. You've kind of convinced me a little bit there. So I, I just to dig into it a little bit more, I think, you know, if you're looking at sleepers, you need someone who has, the tee to green game and he does so we've seen him he's been a, a top uh tied for fourth at the masters before of course it demands length uh yep. he's tied tied for six at the 2018 pga championship uh he was uh tied for 23rd at the u.s open at winged foot uh when he he actually i think he ended up putting very poorly there um oh when he, yeah he was great tee to green. He was great tee to green. So, so you know that is that is the other avenue. I think we saw it. it you know, it's the Keegan Bradley model. Maybe uh, these people who are great tee to green and they have that week where they they really go out there and, and they have a good putting week. And so maybe he's he's been practicing these past Palm. I like it. I like the narrative. I'm digging. I'm cherry picking stats a little bit in this show. You guys can see that already. But hey, I'm building this narrative. I'm living in my own little world. If it works out. Well, he's, you know he's definitely is, has is, the most major success of any of the people we've taken as sleepers. 100%, yeah. There, there's something to be said, too. For the PGA Championship has, has a bit of a history of having some winners that are a little bit out there. So, you know, it might just, it might just be his week. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Okay, so we talk some fades. Yes. Okay, let's Kevin, I don't think fades. you've gone first. Let's go, let's go yeah, with your fade I'm, first. I'm excited to talk about this one. My fade this week, the guy who will probably get more media attention than Colin Morikawa, uh, okay, is okay. Bryson DeChambeau. I do not like Bryson this week, despite him being, what is it? Uh, he's 14 to 1. The, yeah, so tie for the third favorite, according to the books. Um, Bryson's, I, I feel like Bryson doesn't, he, he is always the story these days, yeah. with, rightfully so. He doesn't have the best major record. He's only got two top 10s in 18 major starts. Now, granted, two of those, those two top 10s are 
in his last four starts. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the sample... And one of, of them was a, a fairly dominant win. Was a win. <laughs> he, yeah, the Hulk Bryson has, you know, he's two for five or six, I believe. So in top just, tens. Just but, real quick, the Hulk Bryson has trimmed down a bit. Yeah, that, yeah. that's true. Smartly, I, I think. I don't think Bryson plays the best in the wind. Um, he, I, I don't think his history, I, I was trying to dig into it more. Most of his wins have come on fair, in fairly calm conditions. Uh, I think with, and it makes sense to me that the way he, I mean, he hits moon balls, like these guys say, those yeah, are more it's susceptible. It's all about that apex. <laughs> you know, they're more susceptible to being caught in the wind. I think wind is a huge, huge factor this week um, or next week. I think that uh, he's been showing a little bit lately of having those blow-up holes. I think at Kiowa, those are very much on the table. And for a guy who's 166th in, the, in driving accuracy on tour, despite his distance, which obviously is an advantage, I think driving accuracy will play a factor this week. And he's not going to get away with, with some of those uh, you know, curveballs. So I'm, I'm fading Bryson. That's a bold fade. It is a bold fade. I, I like it um, for a lot of the reasons you said. Um, the, the only thing I don't like about it is length and putting. It, like he's very good at both of those, and those can add sure. up really I mean, quickly. He's a he's a very very good player. Um, I I yeah. just don't think this is a great course fit necessarily, and I do think the wind is going to be a factor. I also, you know, Bryson. He seems to kind of spiral sometimes when things yeah, aren't that's necessarily what, that's going what I was his way. Say. And I think this is going to be a bit of a grind. So yeah. I don't know that it really favors him. Now, I, I, maybe it's less, I, I think it's less, in my opinion, spiraling. And I think it's more, he just plays a very, very high variance style of golf. So like, yeah. he probably, I, I would say, so in terms of a fate, like I'm not fading him personally, but um, I would give him much less top 10 equity than a John Rom. Or or whatever, yeah. but like in terms of who's gonna win, then I'd have them pretty close. But like it, I feel like with Bryson, it's either if he's not gonna win, then it's like okay, maybe like thirtieth or fortieth. It's not like mm-hmm. he, some of these guys when they're in form that you don't see them finishing outside the top ten, and that's just never how I'm gonna feel with Bryson. He just he he introduces variance into the golf game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, Craig, who's your favorite? So so. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys are going to let me get away with this one, but he is attracting, uh, I think, quite a bit of attention from people. So I think it's fair. I'm going with two-time PGA champion Brooks Kepka. Uh, I... <laughs> okay, okay. So, I mean, he, we, we've got about 22 to 1. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who are hoping that he is not having a great week this week because they want the odds to get longer because he is someone that comes out and wins major championships. I, I yeah. jumped on the bandwagon at the Masters. I was like, I think he's not as hurt as he is playing it up to be. I think he is hurt. I think he. <laughs> I, I think that if it was potentially a different course where... So, so what Brooks does well, I think, is, is at times he can be overpowering. And this course is going to be the kind of course where you are going... You know, if that's how you're going to play... You need to be physically there. And the longest course in major history, Brooks, I think, was it the second longest that he has uh, the win at? Was that uh, the case, Adam? That page. I think. Uh, Aaron Aaron Hills. Yep. Oh, Aaron Hills. Um, But that's not the same Brooks who's going to be showing up. So uh, I could be eating my words because it's not the same Brooks that's going to be showing up. You're confused about that or... No. No. I thought thought Aaron Aaron Hills was was a U.S. Open. Oh, yeah, sorry, but just major Long championship. majors. Okay. Major. Um, yeah. But so Brooks is the type of person who could come out as the hurt golfer and make me look silly with a win, but I, I'm not going to get there myself. I, I'm going to stay far away from Brooks. So yeah, I th- my reaction to that was because I, I think Brooks, personally, I think Brooks is an obvious fade. So I yeah. uh, 100% agree with what you're saying, and uh, I will be fading Brooks as well. Yeah, I think he is a fade, but again, he wouldn't surprise me if he does compete better than we expect him to. But I think his 22 to 1 uh, odds in the books makes him, what, the 6th, 7th highest golfer. Um, that does seem a little bit crazy. It's too short. It's too short to me. It is too short. Yeah. It's way too short, I think. Yeah. 
Okay, that leads to my fate. And I got a lot of heat at the Masters when I when I picked a guy in the top 10 in the world, Terrell Hatton. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to get a lot of heat. So I got to go, I got to go higher. I got to go higher. Who is the highest guy that I'm willing to fade? Then that's that's what I did too, Adam. So I was I almost willing to fade the, the number one here, but uh, I don't want to, I don't want to. <laughs> so my fate is the same uh, odds given right now as Kevin's. 14 right. to 1. I'm Ooh. going with Justin Thomas. Interesting. And I'm going with Justin Thomas. Yes, he is the best approach player in the world. I 100% agree. I like Justin Thomas. I think he's a fantastic player, but the putting is an issue. Over his last 19 rounds, he has lost strokes gained putting in 12 rounds. And that includes his players' championship win. So that like yeah, he got to win even despite this 63% of his rounds, he's putting worse than average, worse than the field. He's negative in 63% of his, uh, his last 19 rounds. Uh, and we saw it again recently with the Wells Fargo. So I just think what was his finish at the Wells Fargo? I'll look it up here. Yeah, anyway, I think he, he almost too much has to come right for him to win. And he's too short. He's priced too short, but he, it's also Justin Thomas, and he is when he everything does come right. He is one of, if not the best golfer in the world, when everything's clicking. Yeah, so he was 26 at the Wells Fargo. He has since his Players Championship, he has not been inside the top 10. Uh, his best finish was tied for 13th at Valspar, where he led the tournament tee to green and yeah. basically trailed the tournament in putting. putting. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think too often uh, with jt we kind of give him the pass of like oh he had a bad week but like man he was so good yeah but like it doesn't really matter till you get in the hole like they count all those strokes the same so uh i i like the fade i don't know so like you know dfs totally aside i don't know if i'm gonna get there or not yet as a fade myself um but i like it i think i think i i agree with it i don't think it's the ideal course setup i think that Mm -hmm. the putting is a huge huge question mark with him right now uh so I, i like the fade so JT, you asked earlier some of the guys I was considering. I considered JT for my win and one and done this week. Now Phew. I didn't. <laughs> now that I found out I was fading it, I'm just so relieved. <laughs> no, I the reason I didn't was because of the putting. You'd like yeah. to see a guy kind of coming in with more of his, you know, more of his weapons kind of firing. Um and it's a little bit scary, but JT is like on the top of his game, TD Green, and I again, I think that's going to be absolutely vital the next week at uh, at the Ocean Course because I think the wind is going to play a huge factor, and the guys that can can hit quality shots into greens, even though you know, hopefully he can have an average putting week. Even I, I could imagine, I could see him having a top ten with an average putting week because he's such a good ball striker. For sure, and, and, and it, 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 you if know, this past Fallon grass is as sticky as we are led to believe. The better approach player you are, the closer you can just stick it. And the shorter yeah. putts he will have compared to everyone else in the field. So ultimately, me going away from him was because I don't know that, that the putting's all the way there. But And I don't, uh, you know, when I picked a win and picked a one and done, I'm picking for the win. I'm not picking for a top <laughs> 10. So, you know, I that that's what led me away from him. But I could see him doing well. I totally understand what you're saying too. But I, yeah. I'm of the mind that this next week is going to be a big ball striker's kind of weak so yeah we'll see okay so our last category here and i think we're still going ahead with it even though it might be a quicker one but top canadian and you know what i let you guys go first for a couple of these categories i'm gonna go first here oh i'm I'm going top canadian (laughs) i'm going Corey connors (laughs) i know i know i so uh, craig talks a lot about this on our dfs shows but strokesing total ranks uh in the top 150 150 golfers in the world Corey connors ranks over the past three months 11th over the past six months he's eighth in the world over the past 12 months he's 19th so his putting has improved a little bit but even if we look at the past year he's in the top 20 strokes mm-hmm. in total in the of all the best players in the planet so Corey connors is my top canadian for the pga championship yeah, yeah I, uh, sorry, I'll go next. I'm, gonna, I'm second in it. I'm also on Connors. I, I think, uh, you know, I mean, I don't even know, really. We've got Hughes. Um, 
Yeah, I didn't actually. Corey, see, Corey Connors' his game is in such a good place right now that I, I honestly didn't even consider uh, taking yeah. anyone else. Uh, and, and unfortunately, it's made the top Canadian category a bit of a snoozer of recent. But uh, I'm on Connors. His tee to green game is awesome. His putter has been better ever since he made the switch to cross handed. So um, there's only one person on the PGA Tour that has more top 10 finishes than Corey Connors this year, and it's John Rahm. I was going to say, it's, it's John. Wow. He's second with seven top tens. Uh, he's playing as well as anybody, you know, tee to green. Like I was saying, I'm, I think it's going to be a ball striker's week. I am 100% in the Corey Connors top Canadian. Sport. I thought it might be a clean sweep there. I thought it might be. It's a quick one for top Canadian. <laughs> so that okay. was obvious, but now we're going to get interested, right? Now we get interesting. It's bold prediction time. I love this. Okay, Craig, do you want to start us off? I want to start. I want to start. Okay. Oh, he's jumping at the bit. Okay, yeah. Kevin. I want to start. I've kind of alluded to it a little bit already. Um, I And t- if you guys don't think this is bold enough... I have a pencil down here. I think that Bryson DeChambeau will finish outside the top 30. I don't think that's bold enough. 40. <laughs> Where do I have to go? Miss Carter, <laughs> not what do bold you think, Craig? I don't know if that's bold enough. That's Craig, Craig at the Masters only had to go outside the top 10. No, didn't I? Didn't I have to? Then I said he'd miss the cut. But then he no, missed he the did cut. miss the cut. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take top 30. I, I think that's I think that's bold enough for me. It's the you know he's gonna he's the tied for the third favorite. Uh, it's the longest major in history. He's leading the tour in driving. People are saying that he's breaking the game with his driving. I think that's I think that's bold enough for me. Yeah, I mean I'll take it. I, I think he'll be in the top thirty, so I'll take it. All right. Well, I, that, I mean I guess that's the thing is like would you take the even odds the other way? I would take the top thirty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Hey, Craig. Okay, I've got a good one here. So uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna we're gonna play a little bit of a guessing game. <laughs> we're gonna play a little bit of a guessing game. So there's a player uh, out there who has six top threes in his last thirteen starts. Six top threes in his last thirteen starts, and you yeah. want us to name them? Yeah, Tony Finau. Well, he might as well, but that's not, that's not the player that I'm thinking of. Does he have any wins in there? He has one win. I, I have another guess of Kevin. Kev, you get a guess. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm giving him five seconds or else I'm guessing because I know it. Go on. Hovland. It is Victor nice. Hovland. Nice. Yeah. He is, some would say, a pass palum expert. He, he has two career now. wins. Puerto Rico, pass Palom, yeah, baby. and Mayakoba, pass Palom. So I can't, you know, I've already committed to Rory for the win. So we've got six top threes in his last 13 starts. I'm going to say Victor Hovland gets a top three finish. Wow. At the PGA Championship. I like it. I love it, actually. I love I it. I love it as well. Ball strikers course, I would say arguably, totally. you know, you could say he's the best ball striker in the world right now, and it wouldn't be too far off. Yeah, he uh, he was no longer available available in my one and done. Um, he was somebody I was, I would have for sure considered this week. Yeah, he is someone who uh, once we get to DFS things, I you know sometimes yeah. I do crazy things like put eighty percent on people. We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> I was just thinking DFS. I think I'm going to hammer a little bit of Hovland uh, coming up here. Okay, my ter- my time for bold prediction. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the weird. You guys know I like to dive into some stats and get some weird things here. So I am saying, all we it's the longest major championship. That's all we hear. It's so long, 7,800 yards. I'm saying at least four golfers in the top 10 will be below the tour average in driving distance. Four in the top 10. Of the 10. top 10 will be below the average. So the average is 295.5, a.k.a. Roger Sloan, who is exactly average. He is the cutoff. And 114 golfers are and that above that number. I'm going to say that so, four, 40% of the top 10. And it, it'll be tricky when we get top 10 in ties. I know that. So give me a little bit of wiggle room here. But oh, I'm, I'm taking saying, the ties. If he's tied for third, I'm taking the ties. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying like roughly 35 to 40% of the top 10 will be under that number. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up some names for you here. So, are we saying on the season there's somebody who falls under that 
Yes. So the, exactly. So not on the tournament, but in on the season, um, they're under that average. Free Byron Nelson. So let me rattle off some names for you. We've got Danny McCarthy, Joel Dame, oh Corey Connors. There's yeah. there's maybe one of yours. There's one of them. Uh, we got Billy Horschel. Okay, there's like Colin Morikawa. I'm just trying yep. to find the. I'm just trying to find the headline. Webb Simpson. Yep. Yeah, it's Sorry, not, I, it's not I'm super deep. Mark Paul Leishman, Marikawa. maybe. Well, Mark Leishman, Abe Answer. Matt Fitzpatrick is down there. Yeah. Patrick yeah. Reed is down there. I mean, I like it. It's bold, but I, I think that a, there's. I think a you, Christian Bazadenhout. You could see it happening. I just think that it's a little. It might be a little bit. It's a tough one. <laughs> it is a tough one. I'm looking through these names there. Basically, those guys that we were naming have to be the ones that get top ten. They have for to. You. And Are I probably could. Wait a second. You're talking about below 295 in driving distance. Yeah. yeah. We man, there's there's like multiple top players in the world in that category. Like Patrick yeah, but Reed, there's Colin way more Morikawa, multiples above that. Corey Connors. Yeah, yeah but he's eliminating a lot more of the top Web players Simpson. in the world. Yeah, there's also Brendan Todd and Vaughn Taylor and Brian Stewart and Ryan Armour, but like I'm hoping those <laughs> other guys hit. Matthew Fitzpatrick has been playing well. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you got... No, you, I like yeah. it. It's bold. It's bold. Four, four of the top ten, I like that. Basically, my, my thought was everyone's going to go distance why how do i be a little bit bold i mean it would have been bolder to say five but i i was thinking five and after i read the list i went down to four. (laughs) (laughs) i went down to four so yeah that's i mean i would say like with five i'd probably give you 10 in ties but but now i mean if it's if it's four then you're just gonna have to get the outright i don't think you get the ties Uh, then uh Okay, guys, let's dive a little bit into the course. So we're at Kiowa Island Ocean Course. We've talked about it a little bit. We saw it for the 2012 uh, PGA Championship, which Rory won. We've talked about the 1991 Ryder Cup, a couple other big tournaments, but this is the first time we're going to see it. We've seen it in a while. Um, I, I kind of want to put it out there for something for our viewers, for our listeners. Give them something, uh, you know, a fun tidbit or something to know about the course kind of going in that's going to prep them for their ve- viewing experience Uh for the PGA Championship, who wants to go first here? Or do you I want me to start talking? If you, <laughs> I don't mind going first. So yeah. I think that wind is going to be a huge factor. So obvious. I mean, that's pretty obvious to say on ocean courses. Um, I sure hope that we get wind because I think that's where the course shows its teeth. I think without wind, it's it's a little bit benign. Um, but this course is is literally shaped by wind you know it's constantly evolving because it's a sand core like you know it's a dune kind of course and the the wind is always sweeping the sand and and kind of reshaping it slightly constantly um with the wind there's definitely um you know holes that will play downwind and and into the wind and i think that uh certain ball flights are preferable obviously when you're going into the wind and that's what craig was or one of you guys was talking about a a right to left ball flight tends to pierce the wind better guys that you know the we were talking about it in our last podcast but the left to right ball flight is one that guys are are going to more off the tee um and we'll have to see how that plays with the wind because that tends to get more hung up in the wind i don't see dustin johnson going away from his baby cut that no. he always plays so no. you know these guys are good enough I, I get into a headwind with my i'm calling it a fade it's bordering on a slice <laughs> it gets caught up in that wind and it is getting pushed so far right and knocked down it's not even funny these guys obviously can pierce the wind with their with their ball flights but it's going to play a major factor the holes coming in tend to play into the wind and they are beasts the last few holes um I hope that we see some of that a very, second. That second last one's a real beast, isn't it? That's it's a beast. Three. It's a beast. Yeah. There's there's super like the the ninety one Ryder Cup was a legend. The War at the Shore, um, War on the Shore. It was it came down to the last hole, uh, last match. Um, that the wind was menacing that final day, and guys struggled mightily in it. And you know we could only be so lucky as to get something that was you know that dramatic but um it it will definitely have an impact on the tournament if it blows it is a, a 
the course's main defense, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and it's the main reason that I am saying that the ball strikers are why that's so important because you do not get away with miss hits when wind is involved. They will blow it. If it's not a, if you're going into a headwind and you miss hit a ball, it's getting blown way off, way offline. Right. And you're going to yeah. pay for that miss. Whereas if, you know, guys that can consistently get their ball started on the trajectory and lines that they want to, they're going to reap the benefits, I think. So I'm, I'm really, really hoping for wind. And that's something that I think this course can deliver. The one thing I am, I am sorry to go on here, but the, <laughs> the one, second thing, the, 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 the other thing, <laughs> I, I am, I'm really, um, technology has changed a lot since 2012. I'm curious to see how that plays in. I still have in. the same phone, I think, but... <laughs> I'm curious to see how that plays into the, the wind and the length of this course. That's the only other thing I'll say about that. Yeah, they have made it longer, so, so maybe um, any, any increase in distance would be offset by how much they've made it longer. Uh, but, so, but the word you were looking for is aeolian transportation. That is, the, the, as sand dunes, uh, when, when the wind is, is shaping landforms through, uh, through transport of sand, uh, it's called yeah. aeolian transportation. Obviously, Craig, we all know that. Yeah, I just, I was, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, uh, anything on the wind, Adam? I think yeah, Kevin I kind got of got it. Yeah, I got a question for Kevin. Have you yes. looked at a forecast yet? No, I, I don't believe in forecasts this far out. <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're a week away from the start i i am telling you i'm looking at this forecast now i'm on windfinder.com for surf song kiowa island and it looks a little bit of gusts on wednesday and thursday and then it is calm it's a nice no. day at the beach out there yeah, for well, Friday, Saturday, and we Sunday. can't forecast wind that far out let's 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 pump the brakes we can't and i also think like even when you see a forecast it could just come out of nowhere when you're right on the ocean like that, but I kind of want—I mean, I kind of want to see a bloodbath. I out think there. Every, I, would, I don't want to see a bloodbath. I want it to be like a good test. But I think the best yeah, way to, for this sure. to be a good test is to have some wind. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with that statement. Yeah. Okay, um, so I'm going to go into mine because I think it segues into Craig's a little bit. But I'm going to talk about past palum grass because this whole course is past palum grass. Uh, what is past palum grass? It's a straight up, super resilient, very salt tolerant grass that makes it very popular recently with resort and seaside golf courses. It also do you, kind do of you sell past palum grass. Yeah, yeah, a little bit on the side. Do you want some? Oh, past palum I thought I you were going to say no. This stuff sells itself. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, I am um, in a bit of an ocean environment here. I'm interested. That's true. <laughs> so we've kind of touched upon it, like courses that use it, uh, Mayakoba, Puerto Rico, European Tour, what uses it, Qatar, Saudi International, Oman uh, Open. So those kind of Middle East, uh, Puerto Rico island courses, a lot in Asia as well. Um, but how does it play? And this is a quote from Rory back in 2012 is he says it doesn't really roll, roll out. You can't play it um, on the ground. You need to be aggressive with the chip shots. It kind of just stop that you, you can be very aggressive and it just stops. And with that, kind of what I said before, what other courses have that? Bears Club in Jupiter, Florida with Rory as a member, Dustin Johnson as a member, Keegan Bradley as a member, Shane Lowry as a member. So uh, Tony Finau is one in Puerto Rico, Hovland's one in Puerto Rico. I think that's something that, you know, you don't put a lot of weight into it, but could definitely be a little bit of story here. It, it's not going to, with the distance this long, it's not going to just roll out. You got to play it a little bit in the air, I think. Yeah, yeah. Ru rumor has it is is JT not a member at the Bears Club? You know, I saw him a picture of him there, but I couldn't confirm if he was a member or not. So I just don't know if he got invited oh, yeah. by Rory one day. You stand by your fate. I stand by my fate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, the only thing I was going to say, I think he kind of walked all over it there, but you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> It's not so, you know, it really looks like a Lynx style course because it's next to the ocean. It's it's wind yeah. swept. It has that sort of undulating look to it like a, a Lynx style course. Uh, but it would be a mistake to call it that. Uh, this is what I, I keep reading. I keep seeing. I keep hearing uh, it because Lynx style is, you know, like Adam is saying, Lynx style you want to be playing the ball on the ground. You're thinking hard and fast. And, and, you know, if you're trying to land that on the green, you're making a mistake because it's going to go through the green. Uh, so this is actually much more, it's much stickier. You're not going to be playing the ball on the ground into, you know, rolling it into greens, that type of thing. So uh, even though it may have visually appear like it is a link style, 
we're talking semi-tropical here. So it, it's a very different style of play. I think that's the takeaway. Yeah. Just yeah, as a side note, I think that uh, Justin Thomas is a member at Medalist with uh, Tiger and Ricky and all the other boys. Right. Okay. There's a there's a few golf courses I think in the Jupiter, Florida area. Yeah, I think it's, uh, he, he may be able to afford more than one membership. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, what a life that guy must be living. Okay, I think we want to jump into a few more of the favorites, uh, kind of on the betting board here. But why don't we? I mean, quickly recap what our sheet, what our pencil picks look like. So my win, pick to win and one and done is Dustin Johnson. My sleeper is Thomas Peters, and my fade was uh, Justin Thomas. Craig? So, sorry, uh, pick to win is Rory. Sleepers, Joaquin Neiman. Fade is Brooks. Canadian, we all have Connors, yeah. Yeah. Kevin. And my pick to win is Rory. My sleeper is Max Homa. And my fade is Bryson DeChambeau. So a couple of guys, I mean, I feel like we talked about Rom already. Uh, I don't know if we really did talk about Rom. I love Rom. I mean, what's not to like about Rom? I feel like he can do everything. I feel like this is a great setting for his first win. His uh, college course, practice course, was also designed by Pete Dye in Arizona State he's, University. He said so. that he really likes Pete Dye courses. Um, I do think form is a bit of an issue with Rom. Uh, Rom was on an absolute tear there for a while. We just saw him miss his first cut in 22 events, I think it was. Uh, and he... He's not off to the best start at the Byron Nelson. But I think he added this late. I think after missing that, he kind of just assumed he was going to get four four competitive rounds at Quail Hollow. And then after that was not the case, he decided to add the Byron Nelson. So good. two straight missed cuts would be a little bit of a concern. That said, I love Rom. Uh, I think he's probably should have the shortest odds of anyone in the world at almost any, you know, any, any yeah. course right now. Yeah, he can win anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Xander Shoffley, Craig, you kind of mentioned a little bit. It's 18 to one right now. So well, just before you we're get just, to Xander. We're cruising past some people here. Oh, cruising, I miss, I miss Spieth. Yeah, yeah, Spieth. So Spieth is going for the <laughs> So So when, when uh, you know, someone, I think Adam was saying maybe Rory's going to be the most press. Kevin was saying Bryson. I think Spieth is going to have far and away the most press. Especially uh, going, if he wins this week. Especially if he closes. So he's in, you know, he's tied her first at the end of the first round when we're recording this. I think the, the Spieth narrative of him potentially closing out the career grand slam i think that's going to have tons of legs here now that he's coming in in form i don't think it's a great fit for him uh but the other thing we saw when we were looking at the longest previous major championships mm-hmm. one of them was chambers bay uh which you know the one was of the, not won by dj was not won by dustin johnson who was hitting it <laughs> further than anyone in the world that year it was won by jordan spieth who was not hitting it very far uh, however jordan so, spieth was at the pinnacle of his his powers at that point so but would you say he's too far out like if he so say no, he does close say out with off. a win i wouldn't and <laughs> yeah. and i wouldn't put it past him um I don't, I don't think it's a great fit like wave. you say yeah yeah i think spieth would benefit from higher wins i i i honestly kind of think he's the messier it gets yeah exactly he would kind of uh it bumps me out so much he said it was calm it's a a week out who knows what's gonna happen we don't we don't need to we don't need to let any negative negativity come we still could get a howling course that's what i want to see xander 18 to 1 yeah i like him craig craig brought him up before um as a as a almost pick mm-hmm. um again we've we've i mean we've talked about him so many times on the podcast we all like him he's he's got the complete game he can get it done he just needs to put it all together and do it yeah miss so you know he was on a tear there for a while bottom half of the field of the wgc missed the cut at the players um didn't make it out of his round in the match play we saw it at third place at, at the masters would have liked to see something else happen there on 16, but that was what it was. Uh, and then Wells Fargo, he was tied for 14th. Never really relevant there. Yeah. Um, it's hard to know. Like, he, he's not in bad form, but it's not really. Like, he was in he was scorching hot form there for a while. So I'd love it, to see Xander come in here with, with a little. It, it, it does surprise me that he's, like, priced six, though, a little bit. Like, that seems high. Is um, high? He usually enters these these. I know, and like he does very well in in majors, but I feel like there's a couple of guys. Maybe it's just like my rose-colored glasses with Hovland, 
Um, Morikawa is a defending champ. No, I, 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 mean, I was, Xander's I would, fifth in the world too, right? Yeah. I, I don't think I would have anyone else above. Maybe Hovland would be the only person I would. I would, and even still, it would just be on par. I, I, I'd have a hard time putting anyone else above. Zane. And even, even what you're talking about, like you miss the cut of the players, like, and then tie for 18th, tie for third, tie for 14th. We're talking about top 20s, top fives. <laughs> like I, I would potentially have Xander third in this field behind Rory and Rom. I, I'm not saying that I like. I think he's out of form or anything. I'm just saying. It's like there's guys I think um, again maybe I don't know if this is a major experience like getting that one major I feel like it kind of domino effects a little bit. Uh, he he does very well at majors. He does very well in no cut events. He does very well at East Lake, and that can do a lot of good things for your official World Golf ranking. But he doesn't I have can't a major win. You're talking so negatively about Xander Shoffley. <laughs> I just can't believe you're slagging him so bad. I just we're you're three saying brothers, he does, you're, but you're saying he does very well at majors. <laughs> I know. I love Xander. I, there's got to be a different point of view on this podcast. <laughs> Give me a break. Come on. Let's move on. Let's talk about, we talked about Brooks. Let's talk about defending champion. Morikawa. Not getting a ton of attention right now. No, I would no. say. I think it's tough to defend. Um, I don't but... love, the, I don't love the fit personally. It's a little bit, you know, I, I faded JT. Morikawa, I think, is in, in the very similar camp. Putting question marks, one of the best approach players, maybe right behind JT. Um, so because of that, if he's JT light, maybe it's a fade for me as well. So the thing I would say I struggle with with Morikawa this week is that I think, so when I think about him and his strengths, I think about approach, but I think more specifically kind of, inside 200 yards and i think we're going to have a lot of the longer approaches are going to be relevant this right. week uh he he's not hitting it out you know he he's one of these guys who's going to be potentially one of your top tens because he is below average in distance so uh, i don't think it's the best fit you add the putting question marks to it um yeah i'm, I'm pumping the brakes on on calling mark personally Okay, so I think we've talked about everyone 25 to 1 or better. Why don't you guys just give me like one more, you know, interesting guy in the in the 50 or 66 to to or or inside 50 even maybe. In, sure. Inside inside 50. Give me someone that like kind of piques your interest Intrigue. a little bit. Intrigue. Um, yeah. For me, uh I'm going to go Cam Smith. I knew Kevin was going there. Oh, uh, that's why I jumped out first. <laughs> This is a guy from, you know, grew up playing the sand belt down in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. Windy. I mean, we've, we've seen him lately. He has all the tools. His game's in great shape. Uh, why not? Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Craig? Well, just a little bit on Cam Smith first off, because that's the person I was going to say as well. Um, <laughs> there's... You can't find the statistical basis to explain how Cam Smith does so well and like especially at like long difficult courses. Like it just doesn't really make sense. But then he just he goes out there and he drops 25 footers and saves a couple pots, you know, a a couple times around. And you're just like, man, this guy's just a magician. And yeah, like I forget which broadcast I was watching him on recently where someone said basically they'd put his short game up against anyone in the world. And I think that's ultimately what does it for me is that long difficult courses you need that uh we're not talking about courses where you're kicking in birdies um but the uh, yeah. so the one that i don't think is a great fit but i love his form coming in a answer 45 to 1 uh yeah. He, yeah you know he wasn't a good fit at quail hollow either he led the tournament tee to green got a second place there uh it's just i i i really like his form if it was a different course i would I would really be pumping them, but um, it's just hard to do, I think, this week. I want to talk about Tony Finau at 35 to 1. Um, three missed cuts in his last five events. But I mean, remember early in this year when he went four, second, second, second? I mean, we talk about these guys, how quickly they can flip a switch. Um, I think Finau is one of those. I think that that next win is coming soon that major is coming soon it could come next week wow that was really a lot of silence <laughs> over there i'm yeah. sorry for the podcast only listeners um, um 
couple other I guys. I, I don't really have anything to add on Fina. I would. I mean, I would love to see this as a fan. Uh, I just have Me a hard too. time. I have a hard time he, seeing it. He's one of my boys. He's somebody I I kind of keep my eye on. He hasn't been playing great. You know. Um, I hope he can turn it around and and put up a good showing, but I'm not going to be banking on it. I don't think. Okay, two other guys I think need to be mentioned. Really good form, aside from what happened today. Matt Fitzpatrick, 50-1. to 1. Uh, he, he has been playing very good golf. He has very good results of recent. And then, let's be serious, Louis Oosthuizen is going to be relevant. It's a major. <laughs> uh, the guy is just such, you know, smooth swing in Louis Oosthuizen. Uh, I got to bring him up. <laughs> I believe yeah, he was, I he was uh, relevant in the 2012 Rendition. Where isn't he relevant? What's that? Anyway, I don't. I don't other have other guys up finish, there. He was on the up there, and Justin Rolls were up there. I think in top tens, along with Keegan Bradley, I believe. Uh, in yes. 2012, Louis Oosthuizen. He was 21, tied for 21. He might. I think he was relevant earlier in the tournament, though. At some point, I, I do feel like I remember seeing him on the on the leaderboard. Well, in the interest of time, let's not dive into a full A to Z player guide. I think we should call it there, guys. Uh, that was our preview, our picks, our bowl predictions. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for watching if you're watching on YouTube. If you are listening on podcasts, make sure to rate and review. Even if you're watching on YouTube, download it on your podcast, then rate it, then review it. That means a lot to us. All that does really mean a lot. <laughs> Subscribe on YouTube if you've not already subscribed. Hit that thumbs up. Follow us on Twitter. We're going to push out a ton of content for the PGA Championship. At Grandstand Golf is our handle. If these picks change, we're not going to do another podcast to let you know about it. We're going to do it on Twitter. So make sure to follow us there. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And we'll see you again soon. Take care. Take care, everyone. Yep. Take care, guys. We're looking forward to a good week here.